You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Force Friends Rewatch. We're a podcast sometimes <laughs> when we feel like it. When and we feel like uh, it. when we're a podcast, we talk about Star Wars television shows in chronological order of not when they aired, but of the events that happened. Anyway, we're talking about Obi Wan. We're talking yeah. about Obi Wan Kenobi, Obi Wan's Kenobi's. Uh, What's your name again? I'm Andy. I'm still Ryan. Still Ryan. Oh, yes. Yeah, even. even I don't fucking know how this podcast works, y'all. It's been, it's, it's been a minute. It has. Boy. Um, Ryan, uh, how are you? Before we get into Obi-Wan, how are you? How are you? How's your heart? How are you? I'm, I'm great. I'm having a blast, enjoying summer. Uh, what did I do during the hiatus? I watched Star Wars television shows. <laughs> there, sh- there sure were a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, Andor was great. Andor was great. I think we were still going when Andor was on, but we weren't talking about it yet. No, no, but it's it's done and it was great. Uh, yeah. What else have we been up? Bad Batch was great. Bad Batch was great, for sure. Uh, uh, there were some ones that were just okay. You know, like Kenobi was just okay. Yeah, I... We'll I, get into that I, later. Yeah, we will, we will. <laughs> um, Mando was good, and then I did not like uh, the way that it finished. The more I think about Mando season three, the more I hate it. I think they call that Rise of Skywalker syndrome. Um, I hated Rise of Skywalker I, out the jump. Oh, yeah, you did. That's true. That's true. For me, it was a slow... Dis- I don't think I hate it, but and I don't think I hate Mando season three. But for me, I, both of them are the same in that it was a fun ride, and then towards the end, I was like, wait, what happened? And then the more I think about it, the more I see where this could have been something great but wasn't. I don't hate Mando season three. There's too much in there that I loved. Yeah, because I just there feel were like... there were episodes and there were like scenes and stuff that I, I truly love the... loved. The Coruscant but... episode. Ah, oh, so good. But the more I think about it, like thematically, yeah, and why the show had to take a 180, the more I'm angry angry is too strong a word but the more i dislike it the more i'm like yeah this isn't for me and it probably won't ever be for me again and that's disappointing but you know it is what it is yeah they just i feel like it was a failure thematically is right like it was a failure to It's rare that one moment would make or break a show for me, but I would like that season five times more if there was a moment where the armorer's radicalism and adherence to her cult hurt someone. And they all had to reckon with that. What I know it did, but I mean like a moment. It hurt Din a lot. Big time. But I mean like a moment where it like, because Mando is a simple show. Yeah, or like it got someone killed. 
Like, the fact that they were adhering to her cult and blindly following her got them killed. And then they had to reckon with it. And then she... Like, that would have been the perfect moment to set her up. She could be the smartest, greatest villain that Star Wars has had. Not a single character has an arc in Season 3. No. Not at all. And in fact, they undid Din's arc Completely. from Seasons 1 and 2. They just they just backpedaled him so hard. I don't get um, why. I did find out I was reading well, an interview because with... Pedro couldn't come to set. Well, yeah, that's true. that's why. Like, like, like it, it's so clear the entire Din rejoins the cult is because they're like, oh shit, we don't have Pedro yeah. on set anymore. So like, he's got to keep the helmet on, but... and it's like he could just have had a line of dialogue of like. Hey, it's totally okay to remove your helmet. I don't do it much because it still makes me uncomfortable. Yes. But like, I don't follow this creed anymore. I, like, and I'm still like getting. I'm, I'm coming to terms with that. And like, bam, solution. Would, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, well, I was reading this interview, and the whole reason the cult came about was because Jon Favreau thought that would be a cool thing for Mandalorians to do because he forgot that his character in Clone Wars established that they that that's not how it works. So that's why they created the cult, so he could have the cake and eat it too. And it just, like, there was so much potential with it. I don't yeah. know. And Even if it's... they hadn't put that line in, like, I guess when he started going back, I thought, like, Oh shit, like this is real. Like people who leave cults sometimes get sucked back in, but we're yeah. going to get this awesome moment in the end where like she metaphorically unmasks herself for what she is. I don't know. And the amount of people I've seen online like arguing for the cult and yeah, that's being the like like I, I, I was at a Rebel Legion troop and I was talking to some of the Mando Mercs and I was just like, I don't like season three, here's why. And they're like, Oh, well, like, you clearly just don't understand that uh... like Din needed redemption. And I was like, What what did, what did Din he... need redemption yeah, what for? Did he do wrong? Was it for was it for killing those freedom fi- fighters in season two and calling them pirates? Yeah. Like because, like, sure, I kind of think he fucked up there. Yeah, but, big time. Um, they were like, well, he took his helmet off. Uh, and that's, like, against the creed. And, and, like, he needs to follow the creed to be a true Mandalorian. And I was like, are you telling me that Din needed to do a suicidal death mission in order to atone for removing his helmet to look his son in the eyes and say goodbye? That's, that's Din's sin? And they were like, yeah, and I was like, oh, you sound like a fucking sociopath. <laughs> yeah, I that... said that nicer, but... Yeah, but, like, I don't get it. I don't... Mando Merc people are weird. There's there's some <laughs> normal ones out there, but, like, out of all the Star Wars costuming clubs, the Mando Mercs get the weirdest people. I don't know, man. I've met I've met weirdos across the board, I have to say. Well, and I've I, met I, great... I, I said there's weirdos in all of them. Yeah, you did. I... The, <laughs> the weirdest people I have met in Star Wars fandom are in the Mando Mercs or in the Saber Guilds. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm engaged to one of them, Mando Merc. No, I think she's inactive. She hasn't armored up in a while. Um... I'll I ask her permission. They were to... cool people. 
No, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. The weirdest ones are in those two, are in one of those two groups. I don't know. There's, I think that the weirdest in the traditional sense of weird, but at least they don't have the Empire did nothing wrong, folks. Well, sure, yeah. I think the Rebel Legion weirdos are just pedantic about like stitch counting. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. But yeah, no. I okay. I see. Yeah. I think. Yeah. There's. Look. There's definitely like. As far as, like, 501st people who think they're stormtroopers, Rebel Legion people who think they're rebels, and mercs who think they're mandos, that last category is the broadest and the biggest. Yeah, and, like, when you get invited to an armor party at a 501st person's house or, or a Rebel Legion person's house, you can, you know, show up and think, like, man, I'm going to see uh, a full-grown adult who has a massive Funko Pop collection or like yeah. has way too many action figures sealed in box from the year 1998. That's me. You know, something like that. Yeah. You're not necessarily going to see a bunch of wet specimens in jars and like a bunch of taxidermied roadkill, <laughs> you know? And that's who you're going to see this- at a Mando Merc or that's what you're going to see at a Mando Merc armor party. This I might suspect. be regional. <laughs> um, I'm not just regional. saying this because they had a mythosaur skull made from real bits of buffalo. Oh dear, I don't like that. No, my vegan no. heart does not like that. Um, I, well, it depends how the I, buffalo died, I guess. But Well, that's what I said. I was like, please tell me this was ethically sourced, right? <sighs> and they, like kind of gave me like a little bit of a wink we're like yeah ethically sourced and i was like i don't i don't know why you're winking about that that's not cool that, um, oh boy that's oh boy that, i don't even know how to unpack yeah i mean look the the last the last mando mark's house i was at to work on something was a librarian hi kendra so there's normal ones <laughs> i i am saying there's normal ones absolutely i am not i am not Entirely saying every Mando Merc is uh, a freak with a weird bone <laughs> hobby, but I, I feel like I feel like you were just traumatized by the Mythosaur skull. <laughs> now we're exploring it for all to hear. Well, well that and and the, the lecture about how I don't understand religious systems. Yeah, how, that's fascinating. Uh, actually, the 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 weird cult is honorable, and it's honorable to follow uh, a system that specifically ostracizes you from the rest of society yeah and instills antisocial behaviors if if you're in the mercs and you don't have a buffalo's head mounted that was probably not ethically sourced and you also don't uh think that the cult is good actually and that the star wars good guys make you hide your face then welcome to force friends rewatch yeah, let's let's talk about Obi Wan. I feel like that was our bit. <laughs> yeah. That that was definitely our bit. That was. Oh our wait, bit. actually, I was I was curious about your answer to the bit that I had planned. Okay, fine. Hit me with the real bit. Um, it came to me yesterday when I was sweating my ass off at Pride in my Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker costume. You came and... at Pride while dressed as Luke. <laughs> well, I did not come at Pride while dressed as Luke, but I should. Um, no, I, uh, I, 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 I dehydrated at Pride while dressed as Luke. Um, 
who what 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 Star Wars character are you taking to Coruscant Pride with you? Who's your who's going with you? Who's who's like um, the most fun at Coruscant Pride? Sorry, I got distracted by realizing that Luke probably does have like a dehydration kink. Um Honestly, he probably does. He probably does. Um <laughs> he gets so thirsty around bigs. Uh sorry. <laughs> um I mean, like, the easy answer is Lando. Like, that's such an easy answer. That um, is. Any of the Handmaidens, easy answer. Ooh, Just, yeah, like, yeah. Girl Gang Pride Trip is a good time. But I think, like, ooh. I think I'm going to land on Hondo. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. All your answers I were love, better than mine. I love Hondo so much. And, like, he's going to sit... Like, I was just talking about, like, weird stuff in the Star Wars fandom, but, like, Hondo is going to show you the weirdest time at Pride. Yes. Yes, he will. Like, you are going to leave, like, knowing yourself more <laughs> intimately after going to Pride with Hondo Onaka. I love it. I love it. Possibly also with, like, two new addictions, but... <laughs> Definitely two new know. addictions. And maybe... I don't know, maybe a business venture. I I think Hondo probably threw the first rock at Lethal Pride. I he definitely did. Yeah. He yeah, yesterday I feel that. for about half a mile, uh there was a man with a wagon full of single serving tequila bottles and a bulldog. The bulldog was having a great time, seemed well taken care of. My fault is not with him. And like six balloons blowing in all directions. And he was semi-aggressively selling the tequila shots to pedestrians. But he walked right next to me, Luke Skywalker, for about half a mile uh, until Mon Mothma (laughs) broke ranks and confronted him and told him he needed to go away. Uh, And I think he works for Hondo. I think Hondo put him up to it. That is so Mon Mothma, too. It it was fantastic. (laughs) I, I do think Mon Mothma is a little like she's not full no kink at pride, but she she probably is like a little like we got to be respectable uh, yeah. around the straights. And it's like <laughs> Mothma respectability politics ain't going to get us nowhere, honey. But I no. do I do love that for for you that she was your hero. It was less it was less don't sell your tequila shots at Pride yeah. and more yo you're acting like you're part of our group and we're about and we you're were not actually with us. Well, we were about to be on ABC which is Disney yeah. and her argument was like don't don't fuck oh. this up. Oh no no she was right there. Yeah. Yeah so, yeah yeah sometimes, 100%. Sometimes you need Mon Mothma. <laughs> exactly and sometimes you don't and the New Republic figured that. But anyway. Um I think mine is Sinjir strictly for his commentary. I would I would not, I, I would just, I would want him in my ear. I do love that. I'm such a judgy bitch. And uh, <laughs> being able to, like, judge all of the other gays at Pride would be a great time with Sinjir, so. Right on. I'm glad I asked. That's a good pick. Yeah. Good, good, good question. Oh, also, happy, happy Pride, everyone. Uh, stay Pride. safe and have a, have a rebellious Pride. Yeah. Um, all right. Obi-Wan. Um, Obi-Wan. Would he be fun at Pride, by the way? Would everyone be fun at Pride? Um, I think it depends what era of Obi-Wan. Uh, we'll say, like, shortly before the Clone Wars. 
since that's kind of where we are, and we is, probably wouldn't have had time during the Clone Wars. Is Anakin there too? <sighs> um, for part of it, he He's was up to semantics that... with a droid. He was like pit racing in the Undercity or something. And He's less fun if Anakin's there. That makes sense. Uh, I think Obi-Wan would be most fun at Pride in his full-on, like, Queen Alec Guinness era. Yes. Where he's, like, old and kind of, like, run out of fucks to give. I think that is when he would be most fun at Pride, to be honest. The real tragedy of Obi-Wan Kenobi is that he could not attend such gatherings in that era. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I do think he'd be fun at Pride with, like, Siri Tachi also, though. And, oh, like, a sure. right before the Phantom Menace era, uh, you know, hoopla. But once, <laughs> once he's got Anakin tied to him and he, he's, like, trying really hard to be respectable, I think he's probably a little less fun. That makes sense. <sighs> All right. Uh, we're talking about Obi-Wan. We're doing a series on him. We're kind of exploring his character, uh... If you don't remember, we are not doing every single appearance of his in Clone Wars because he's in so many goddamn episodes and he doesn't always have important stuff in them. Sometimes he's just there as like a plot device for uh, Anakin or Ahsoka's story. So we're only doing like Obi-Wan kind of centered episodes. Uh, What's the name of this one? It's like Moons or something? Uh, Trespass. Trespass. We're talking about Trespass. It is on a moon, so, you know, it could have been named Moons. Um, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and Anakin are showing up to this uh, moon in Pantora. The Pantora system, the Pantorans called them. They're like blue people who aren't Chiss, but (sighs) people sometimes think they're Chiss. Uh, But they don't got them red eyes. They got got regular eyes. And they got Um, like yellow, I don't know if they're tattoos or what they are. Yeah, they got some marking. yellow face marks. Yeah. There's a sassy one, a gay one in a bar in the new Star Wars game. Uh, oh my gosh, everyone, that's right. it, it, It's a gay bar. Everyone in that bar is gay. You're um, not wrong. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, but Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Soka get there, and it's like an ice planet, and it sucks. And there's two important Pantorans there. The one is a he's like the governor and he currently technically has jurisdiction and then the other one is the pantoran senator who is like 14 and she's clearly like good at her job but not confident enough to like hold her own yet and Obi-Wan and the governor kind of get in a little bit of a a rank spat about who's actually in charge. And um, this governor is like, I just really want to do some war crimes, you know? So, like, I'm in charge. And Obi-Wan's like, okay, I guess you're allowed to do war crimes if you want. Uh, But there was an attack on the Republic outpost there. And we get a great visual of, like, droid heads on spears. It's so sexy. Um, clearly whoever killed them, like left them as a warning sign. We also see a bunch of dead troopers and we find some weird footprints and, um, we end up finding out that this planet that's uninhabited has people there called the towels and the Obi-Wan and Anakin fucking talk to them and stuff. And they find a way to communicate 
and then they go and get 3PO and they communicate more and they promise the Tals like hey we're going to be friends we're going to sort this all out like we understand that you kind of killed some Republic troopers and that's not cool but like we get it they surprised you you know we can look yeah. past that we're here to make peace now peace is the objective and Governor War Crimes is like well if these guys are intelligent then that means it's their planet and it's no longer Pantoran property. But if they're not intelligent, if they're animals, then it's still Pantoran property. So we just need to fucking massacre them all. And then this ice moon that we're not using for anything will still be ours. And so he like takes a bunch of fucking clones to just go massacre them. Like, like, yeah. Anakin gives him Rex and is like, Rex, look after him. He wants to go do a war crime. Keep him yeah, safe. Yeah, that's so strange. It's, it's, it's fully insane that Anakin is just like, yeah, he can take a bunch of the 501st. Like, here's Rex. Go go murder all the towels you want. Like, yeah. They'll keep you safe. Um, while that is happening, Obi-Wan has taken uh, Senator Chuchi to call the Pantoran assembly or something and like depose this governor, like because he's doing war crimes. So they get word that he's been stripped of all power. They go and rescue, uh, the, the few remaining 501st troopers and Rex who went on this suicide mission and got their asses kicked. And the governor dies while asking Tucci to, uh, massacre the indigenous population to avenge him and she's like actually no you suck we're not doing that and a lasting peace is established hopefully um obi-wan's final words were like you achieved peace i'll make it last and uh ryan you know i gotta ask yeah what do you think of this episode I think that this episode is one of the many reasons that Obi-Wan is called the negotiator. And I think it's a cool, rare Clone Wars episode where, like, we see Jedi doing what Jedi did for thousands of years before the war. It's not focused on the conflict with the Separatists so much. It's It probably felt like a pretty normal mission from another time for Obi-Wan. Yeah, I agree. I... I really, really like this episode. Um, we've talked previously uh, years and months and many moons ago when we started this Obi-Wan journey that like you shouldn't just skip seasons one and two. No. And I think this is another highlight from season one of just a banger of an episode. Yeah, and it, you know, it's it, it seemed kind of inconsequential at the time, but Senator Chuchi goes on to do some cool stuff. I think I mentioned Ahsoka. I think this is pre-Ahsoka, isn't it? No, it's... um, Is she off with, like, Padme or something? Yeah, that's the thinking. I always thought that it was probably pre-Ahsoka. I always assumed it was maybe the earliest episode in the chronology. And before they released the official order, when I would do a chronological watch, I would start with this. But um, since when they've put out the chronological order, yeah, she's just off doing something. Okay. But yeah, this is, uh, like you said, this feels like a very Jedi-type mission. I do think it highlights the flaws of the Jedi Order to some degree. Because 
they should not have let him take Rex. No. And a squad of troopers. Like, it. that guy made his intentions extremely clear. Big time. The guy in Governor Warcrime, in order to pull rank, he said, like, this is an in- internal Pantoran matter. You have no jurisdiction anymore. This is internal Pantoran politics. Obi-Wan and Anakin then should have said, oh, well, if this isn't a Republic matter, you cannot take our troops then. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it is shocking to me that they let him take their troopers. I, I think my, like, no prize explanation is that um, they allowed him to do that at, in order to distract him so that Tucci could make the call to like get him disbarred. I mean, even so, that's very sacrificial. Yeah, it's not great. Eleven clones die. I feel like I don't know. I guess and I uh, like always... a bunch of towels, like so like many. Rex Rex kills so many innocent towels. It's not yeah. good. I don't know if I guess I always thought that like is there some Senate bill that just got passed that like system leaders can commandeer clone units as needed in the field. I don't know. I either way, like Anakin and Obi-Wan both expressed that a preemptive strike is illegal. Like they confront him before he leaves with the clones and they're like, preemptive strike is illegal. You shouldn't do that. And he's like, I'm totally going to do it. Like, I'm so horny to (laughs) massacre these big teddy bear flies. So, like, it's going to happen. And they just kind of shrug and they're like, I guess there's nothing we can do about it. Um, It's not it's not a good look. No. uh, For 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 our heroes. No. what is a good look, though, is uh, is Obi-Wan mentoring Senator Tucci. Yeah, I I really I think I like forgot that they had that exchange at the end. They have quite a few exchanges. Um, I really like when she asks Obi-Wan to negotiate for her. She recognizes that he has more experience than her and would likely do a better job. And I, like, I think the episode frames that as a strength. She's not prideful like the shitty governor. She is humble and is asking uh, an elder for help and advice. Yeah. And that's, like, a good thing. And Obi-Wan doesn't chide her. He's not, like, dissing her. But he says, like... This is a Pantoran problem that can only be solved now by Pantorans. Like, your dude did a big war crime. And so, like, you guys got to be the ones to make it right now. And it would be wrong of me to, like, overstep. And I think he also just had confidence in her, in, like, in her leadership. So he, he, like, encourages her to be the one to find the solution. Yeah, he... I don't know. He, I, I feel like in many ways he kind of catalyzes the person we see her being in Bad Batch. I just, I really hope we get more of her as an early rebel leader. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, you can see why she cares so much about the clones. Yeah. Like, it's, 
kind of on her and this war crime governor that got a bunch of clones killed. Yeah. And like she when she's walking through the bodies to get over to the Tal's uh chief president. Uh, yeah. War war leader. Um she like has a look of anguish when she looks down and sees these bodies. Um and like she's 14 it, it's not entirely her fault but like it is it is her fault that she did not stop this guy earlier do we know that i always i always wondered about her age i feel like there was a line that was mentioned but maybe i imagined that um I, maybe she's i was definitely just listening to weird Al. yeah and like ages aren't real in star wars right especially with just aliens. like just like time isn't real with star no. wars but like Anakin is pod racing at nine. Padme is a is a political leader at at fourteen. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't. Ah- Ahsoka is a commander at anywhere from twelve to fourteen, depending on what yeah. source book you're looking at. Yeah. Um, so like, Hondo age isn't real age. in no. Yeah, age isn't real in Star Wars. Um, but like, she is a young senator. Uh, so still a lot of responsibility, but still. Um, young enough to like make these sort of mistakes. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. I I think we see a lot of wisdom from her and from Oe One in a mutual respect, which is cool. I love the snow clones. I know that's completely off topic, but I just I can't stop thinking about how cool they looked. Like the perfect fusion of the snow trooper, the clone trooper, and the Ralph McQuarrie snow trooper. Yeah, they look fantastic. Anyway, they look really, really cool. While they're doing horrible, horrible things. I, I like the speeders too. Like yeah, I, 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 I love I love whenever Rex gets like a new outfit or a new vehicle. It's always so fun. Yeah. I love that war crime governor dies too. Yeah. He he does not get a redemption arc. He does not No, he's a bad he, dude. And he was he dies from the knowing that he failed and that he does not have like a legacy, and that's great. More yeah. fascists should die like that. Yeah, hundred percent. That was cold and fantastic. Cold, get it? Because they were in the snow. Yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> I remember when the episode came out, they they made a big deal about how they did the snow, but also, and I I, I mean, they really maximized their budget for these early season episodes. Um, but I did think it was kind of fun and cheesy and pulpy, but also cool that uh, the intensity of the snowstorm reflects the mood. The blizzard picks up when things get ugly between the Pantorans and the Tals. The weather clears mm-hmm. when uh, the chairman dies. That is really, really cool. Like, that's yeah, like great that. visual storytelling. Yeah. No, this whole episode you- really powerful visual storytelling. Do Anakin and Obi-Wan draw their sabers at all? I feel like they do. But I cannot remember. I watched this yesterday when I was recovering from my dehydration kink. (laughs) Aftercare is important. (laughs) Aftercare is real important. That's good that Becca put this on for you. (laughs) Um, Goodness. Uh, Yeah, I like... If they do, it's only for a split second. So, like, I think it's cool that, like, we don't need to see the Jedi kicking ass. Like, Obi-Wan, as the negotiator, can find a peaceful solution, um, if given enough time. Yeah. 
No, he really is the negotiator here. I mean, he's... I would say... Although Ryo Chuchi is probably the protagonist of the episode and that she's the one learning things and growing and stuff, even though she doesn't have that much screen time, Obi-Wan is probably the driving force behind it all. Yeah, we get some cool, like, 3PO stuff with 3PO, like, providing translations, and we get scenes where Obi-Wan is, like, trying to learn how to communicate with them before 3PO shows up. And, um, like, you can really tell that Obi-Wan is desperate for a peaceful solution. Like, he does not want to see violence happen here. He understands that it's some sort of misunderstanding and that no one is at fault. Yeah, it's a Um, solid... I mean, he's a Jedi. This is like... Yeah. Yeah, this is him as a Jedi. Any... You know, we've kind of talked about what we liked. We've kind of talked about, like, what we learned about Obi-Wan. Anything you'd want to see different or change? I mean, yeah, I don't... We already hit on it. I don't like that he commandeers the 501st for the war crimes. He should have had, like, a Pantoran military... I think they have a little bit of a military with him, but it should have been Pantoran forces. He has, like, two guards with him who have cutlasses and some pistols. I... I get why they couldn't do it. They had a limited budget for faces. It's also why the only time we see two Naboo guards in season one, one of them is covering his face with a rocket launcher. But they should have... He should have had a Pantoran military with him. And some of them, not all, should have gone with him to do that. I don't think that the clones even needed to be in this. I think it could have been interesting to see, like... Jedi still having to be Jedi, and maybe Obi-Wan and Anakin got dragged away from the battlefront to handle this sensitive situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like that the clones participated. How about you? Um, If I had all the money in the world and could rewrite this episode and like make it a little longer, you know, beef it up somewhat, I would have had a... Um, like if if you're gonna use the clones, if you're like we can't have more Pantorans or for whatever reason, or or we wanna, you know, make a statement about the Republic yeah. by having this guy commandeer the clones to like use them for this awful um crime, have a Republic officer there who kinda like signs off on it. You yeah. know, like 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 have Tarkin there. Ooh. This would have been a some good shit. one to introduce Tarkin. You know, like it just it doesn't make sense for Anakin to like let him take Rex of the boys. Yeah, it also doesn't even make sense for Rex. Like, I feel like what we know now about Rex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if uh, Anakin was like, "Oh yeah, Fives, go with him." Like, are yeah. you kidding me? Five, fives would have shot this fucker in the back. Yeah, and buried him in the snow. Exactly. Um, yeah, it it just doesn't make sense. I think it's just early weirdness they didn't figure out. Kind of who Rex was. Because they yeah, always describe I, Rex as the ultimate soldier. Like, Deep Baker has said it in interviews. And he's kind of not. No, that's Cody. Yeah, Cody's the ultimate soldier. Rex is, like, just a good dude. Who's figuring out his place in a galaxy that kind of handed him a role that he doesn't really want. But yeah, that's what I would have done is is added in kind of a, a, a shitty Republic officer character that could have like run interference on Obi-Wan and Anakin while yes. he like gave the orders for 
the clones to like go or um maybe somehow like pulling rank in in like a more official capacity because it doesn't make sense for this random governor to be able to pull rank no on the republic like troopers like that um but a, a republic officer doing it would have would have made more sense to me um and like if you could have done it have it be tarkin because seeing more tarkin is always great absolutely but yeah otherwise i mean like i think it's a great episode and like even with the like clear like shitty aspect there like i do think it serves the purpose of showing that like the jedi are part of a very corrupt system and even if they are not corrupt like they are guilty of being part of that system and their hands aren't clean in it yeah they're participating Mm -hmm. but yeah great great episode real fun one um i i I think it has some of the like early clone warsiness and like some of the art isn't as good and they're like reusing assets as much as much as possible and that like limits the story in places but don't look too don't look too closely at the fur trim on the jedi coats (laughs) (laughs) it's weird it's weird it's like jello anyway oh no oh jello fur yeah uh it's all good anything else you want to say about it are we we wrapping this one up i think we're wrapping this one up like chairman chose life it's over it's over but Governor unlike War Chairman Crimes Cho's wife, dead. this was good and fun. Yeah, Governor War yeah. Crimes is dead. Fuck that guy. Indeed. Not a fan. I'll no. go on the record. Yeah, he's he's a bad man. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's going to do it for us. I don't remember yeah. our sign-off, and I'm not going to look it up right now. Uh, but we're back. You can we follow are. us on Twitter at Force Friends Pod. You can support us on Patreon at Patreon slash WTM Radio. We just had Where They May May not too long ago, and there were tons of extra goodies put out. Uh, nothing from us, because we were inactive, but yeah. other shows on the network are putting out great shit. Uh, shows like uh, Fan Fiction is Good, actually, and Ending Pending, and Good Neighbors all released contents uh, over for Where They May May. And um, there's some like Patreon-exclusive shows uh for where they may radio that are there and there's also tons of free stuff so like if you don't want to give us money go enjoy that free stuff and then maybe you'll be tricked into giving us money and that's that's why we have free stuff there so go enjoy that free stuff and then feel guilty or feel tricked and give us money exactly money especially the give us money part money please uh ryan anything else you want to say as we go um yeah, you know what? I'm going to real quick plug Legends Con. It is a uh, positive, uh, expanded universe-focused Star Wars convention happening in L.A. in September. Uh, I'm going to look up our Twitter handle real quick. But uh, you should go if you like old-school Star Wars and positive, inclusive spaces to celebrate Legends. Uh, I know the online Legends fandom can be a uh, place full of pitfalls. We'll say, but find us on Twitter at Legends underscore Con. And if you're in the LA area or you're going to be in the LA area, check it out. We are looking for vendors right now. So if you want to sell Star Wars stuff, we have people who want to buy it. Let me ask you some questions about Legends Con. Right on me, buddy. And uh, if you want to like clip this and use it, I give you full permission. I appreciate you. Let's do it. 
let's say I'm a newer Star Wars fan. I got yeah. into it in the in the Force Awakens era, or I got into it in the like Mando era, and I love Star Wars, but I've never read any of the old stuff. Would I feel welcomed and have a good time at Legends Con? Honestly, I think so. I mean, so much of Legends is based on the first six movies, uh, and it's all a celebration of that. And I think it's it's definitely for Legends fans of all levels of, or for Star Wars fans of all levels of participation in Legends, in my opinion, at least. Um, it is obviously Legends-focused. You know, there will be a lot of panels that you look at it and you're like, who the heck is Waru? And why is there a 16-hour discussion on him as a religious figure? We don't actually have that scheduled, uh, but we should. You um, should. But yeah, I, I, I definitely believe so. Um, we've got, you know, there's a costume contest. There's a fashion show. There's your typical convention things. And yeah. Hell yeah. Let me ask you this. Hmm. Let's say I'm an old school Star Wars Legends head. I grew up reading uh, the the X-Wing books. And when I was younger before that, I read the Jedi Apprentice books and I... The New Jedi Order books, you know, old school Legends kind of fan. Yeah. And I fell out of love with Star Wars a little bit after the Disney buyout. I don't hate the new stuff. I dabble in it, but I'm just not as enthusiastic about it anymore. Would I have a good time at Legends Con? Absolutely. Honestly, that's uh, that that's kind of whose show it is. Is like not not necessarily just old school Legends fans, but a lot of our stuff is kind of writers from that era. Um, guests we've got are like. Karina Beshko, who wrote the Legacy Volume 2 about Ania Solo, whose name I might be mispronouncing. It's a um, really good comic book. Oh, huge fan. So many like interesting parallels with the sequels. Um, yep. Not that one yep, took yep, inspiration yep. from the other. They were like written concurrently, but I think it's just that classic Star Wars story of a girl finding her place among the giants of the past. It's um, like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> I've heard that somewhere before. Um, yeah, it's definitely like a lot of our, we're still finalizing our programming and our panels, but a lot of it really is just a fun, nostalgic look back, um, as we continue to celebrate this stuff in a, again, like in a positive way, we're not, we're not bashing on the new stuff. We don't hate on the new stuff, but it's, it's not, you know, you're not going to see a panel about the sequel trilogy or this or that. It is very much the old school Star Wars. Now, final question. Lay it on me. Let's say I am a Legends Lucas era absolutionist and I hate the new Star Wars because it went woke and <laughs> Disney filled it with SJW propaganda and I want to see a panel about how the new Star Wars is are for piss babies and and they suck and the Thrawn trilogy is the real sequel trilogy. Am I going to have a good time at Legends Con? Is there going to be stuff for me there? You can send us your money, but I suggest you stay on YouTube. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's not yeah, going to be panels not, like that. No, uh, we have we have definitely prioritized diversity, equity, and inclusion, and we have a pretty diverse array of people putting this together and we are not yeah no sorry we 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 went hashtag woke to well and 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 now that i'm not playing that character anymore, yeah i can say that star wars legends was woke yeah it ferris like juhani like yeah the legacy yeah, of the force was... books gave us a married same-sex mandalorian couple like it definitely yeah 
Yeah, Legend Legends was always woke. Star Wars has always been woke. Yeah. And um people who who think that the 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 Disney era is is more woke than the stuff in Legends, uh I sometimes am a bit confused by them because Yeah, uh, they weren't paying attention. I, I think the Disney era is still kind of behind the times yeah. a bit to where we were back in Legends. So. I was going to say the the just the Jude Watson books and Kotor alone, in my opinion, uh, did a better job than the Mandalorian in terms of inclusion. Oh. Like, oh yeah, yeah, hands down. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Legends yeah. kind of looks awesome. I'm I'm a little bummed with how far away it is from me. Uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Pumped for all, I'm pumped for all my West Coast friends who yeah. are going to have an easier time getting there and can be more involved with it, but. It looks phenomenal. Uh, I love the 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 promos you guys have been putting out for it. So. Thank you. Those are a lot of fun. Those are all shot in one crazy day with four photographers working with about four hours. That's and there's incredible. so much more to come. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. that's going to do it for us. Uh, or any anything else on Legends Con? No, that's all I got. Please come. Yeah, I think if you go, you'll have a great time, and you'll see Ryan there. So you'll see yeah. at least half of Force Friends Rewatch. Heck is yeah. Right. Uh, Ryan, you should mention the podcast when you're doing press for for Legends Con. By the way, I, I, have, I saw that you know, uh, I I read your little bio and it was like, uh, oh my gosh, I Star forgot Wars to mention the podcast. costumer. Da, 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 da. I'm like, he's also a Star Wars podcaster. I <laughs> completely forgot to put that in. Yeah, <laughs> I should yeah, get that in there. Us. I can still get that in there. Get that in there. That was that was um, that was written while high. <laughs> oh, I mean, fair. Uh, <laughs> that's gonna do it for us. Follow us where I said. Support us on Patreon. Go to Legends Con. And uh, we'll see you next time for another rousing Kenobi rewatch on Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Yeah. That's what this podcast is called now. Yes. We'll update the logo. Goodbye there. Goodbye there. Where they may radio.